Good evening and welcome to the Pompey Politics Podcast. I'm Ian Tiny Morris. And I'm Simon Sandsbury. Ah, as you know, they say a week can be a long time in politics. But for us, as or anybody who listens to us knows, we, we tackle the real issues. I mean, I listened to Koonsberg this morning and Jacob Rees-Mogg, um, Sir Keir Starmer, even our own Penny Morden. Not one of them, one of them failed to mention the caution plan. So ultimately, um, you know, we're bringing you the issues that really matter and we'll let the likes of Koonsberg go with some of those sideshow issues. So um, what's this evening's show looking like, Simon? So this evening's show is um, we're looking into visions of, Chris- of not Christmas future, but caution future. Um, so we've got three councillors um, that are definitely not ghosts or spectra- um, spectral apparitions. Um, so we're joined by councillor Steve Pitt. Uh, Councillor Ashkar Shah and Councillor Lee Mason, uh, the latter of the two, um, so the last two um, are co- uh, two of the three Kosham councillors. Um, so we're going to be talking about what are, what is the idea for, well, you know, what's the big idea for Kosham? What are you talking about? So shall I, um, good evening and welcome gentlemen. Thank you very much for sparing your Sunday evening. Hello. <laughs> it's at that point where the, if there's dreadful <laughs> silence. Oh. <laughs> oh. It's you lovely s- to see three parties unite just to terrify the hosts. That's, <laughs> I think, yeah. yeah. That's a, that's a, that, uh, that is the sort of consensus politics that we simply can't get behind. Yeah, yeah, that, that's fine. Um, it, and it's not that like we've terrified any of them at any point over the last three years. Um, so, uh, yes, yeah, so thank you very much um, all for coming on. Um, so I'll, I'll give us a bit of a lead in to, uh, to Kosham, just in case there is anybody out there that um, that doesn't understand Kosham um, or know what we're talking about. So, um, yeah, so we're very local with our with our visions of, of Kosham future. So Kosham is one of the three Portsmouth City Council wards that are actually on the mainland, but it is still part of Portsmouth. Whatever anybody else says, not going to have any of that divisive separatist nonsense. Um, it's bordered by the M27 and Portsdown Hill with a train station on the main line to London. The 130-acre council-owned office park Lakeside sits within the ward, and its main shopping area, Cosham High Street, is partly pedestrianised with a mixture of high street chains like Tesco, Iceland um, Boots, as well as a strip of independent shops and eateries. There are older residential areas to the east of the high street, um, but those are supplemented by more recent ones of the Isle of Wight estate and the Wimmering estates to the west of the high street. Um, and it's also served by uh, Queen Alexandra Hospital, which is um, to the north of the ward. And like high streets up and down the country, shops are fighting to survive against the challenges of competing with online multinational retailer sales, business rates, cost of training increases, um, and falling football driven by overall changes in shopping habits. So to the south um, of the of the high street, um, there's also the King George V playing fields, um, the pavilion on which was damaged by arson in 2017. Um, and to the west of the high street, we've got an aged fire station, a community centre, health centre, and now abandoned police station, which provide development opportunities and pose the question, what for the future of Cosham? Mm. 
marvellous. And if we can start by each of our guests introducing themselves, um, which party you represent and what your interest is in the caution plan. And can I start please with Steve? Hi everyone, so I'm Councillor Steve Pitt. I'm part of the Liberal Democrat administration at Portsmouth City Council and my responsibility is as Cabinet Member for Culture, Leisure and Economic Development. Marvellous. And can I throw the same question please to Shah? You appear to be on mute, mate. Just while Shah's wrestling with the technicals, in which case, Lee, could you introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Councillor Lee Mason. I've served as Councillor for Cosham on and off since 2000. Um, opposition spokesman for um, central services and communities, which used to be known as resources. Perfect. Thank you, Lee. And hopefully, Shah, you've managed to unmute yourself. Um, well, let's introduce Shah ourselves yeah. then. Sorry. Yes. So um, Shah was um, elected um, as a Labour councillor for Caution Ward um, at the 2022 um, local elections um, and has a uh, strong community presence um, where he um, where he works on um, with his Peace Food Hub, um, helping uh, people um, in vulnerability, uh, make sure that they've got some food, um, and he volunteers at various um, local organisations. So it's a recent addition, fairly recent addition to the to council chamber, but um, our second Cosham councillor. Any better? No, I'm gonna, if you wanna march on Ian with the with the first question, I will try and sort out, I'll try and help Shah, if that's all right. Yep, certainly. So, Steve, if you can start just by outlining in terms of, you know, the, the, the council's involvement in, in what we know to be the caution plan, give us a, a bit more detail and, and, and kind of what's behind the thinking of the of the caution plan as a whole. So, I guess uh, this started uh, two, two and a half years ago as part of early conversations around plans by some of the publicly owned facilities in that specific uh, part of Cosham uh, to the west of the High Street um, that would change over the coming years. And when that happens, and there's different ownerships, but all within what we call one public estate, or oh, I'm getting a re re feedback now that wasn't before. Um, so it, when that's called something we refer to as one public estate. So the, the different public sector bodies enter into a conversation and look to see whether there's a strategic opportunity for a repurposing, a general repurposing across a wider site. So in this case, as you mentioned earlier, it's the fire station which is relocating uh, over to the other side of the road is also the police station the health center the community center a car park how can we look at that overall site strategically uh, to see if there's a wider opportunity for some redevelopment that will benefit the local area uh, at the same time the council's of course working through its local plan um, and uh, where uh, housing allocations can happen, uh, which feeds into this process. There's also the wider uh, regeneration happening around KG5 with the new football hub there. Uh, sorry, King George V playing fields for the uninitiated. Um, and also the uh, further opportunity in the south of the uh, Cosham area around this uh, new multi transport hub, uh, which is partly fed through what's known as the Southeast Hampshire Rapid Transit or CERT scheme, 
to improve connectivity and services along there. And obviously, as, as you also already mentioned, how that might link in with Lakeside, the International Port, Queen Alexandra Hospital, etc. So that's that's how the conversation started, um, and that uh, discussions progressed. Uh, most recently, with uh, an agreement with the Police and Crime Commissioner, uh, that we will have uh, an option on the on the police station. There's been some recent reprioritization around exactly when that would happen, uh, but we've all agreed that uh, we can retain an option yep. on that. Uh, and similarly with the fire station, and that's unlocked the fire the services ability to build a brand new fire station for Caution, which is obviously something that we all want to see achieved. So I think that's, that's probably enough of the background for now, uh, and the rest of it we can cover in detail uh, during the rest of the evening, I think. Um, I think it's a once-in-generational chance to try and get this done. I would say it goes back slightly further. I remember when there was plans to move the fire station either to the end of Donaldson Avenue where behind where McDonald's is or onto KG5, both of which were very unpopular. And there was talks then about how we could have a big redevelopment in the centre and how it could affect Tesco's and Tesco's car park. We've also had it with Perfect. the just police station rights release land. Lee, kind of, had how, how do you view the sort gate, of and there was the, the plan as, as a whole? Centre then, and we had the big fight to try and save it, and there's been various different games. So I think it has been ongoing, and it's probably long before I got involved as well. It's been one of those ever-present things. Um, it'll be great if we can get it tied up and have something that's benefit for the community, but I'm also cautious that it does need to be benefit because it will last a long time hopefully slightly longer than um port sand park did which was up for about 15 years so um but no it's a important strategy it needs to be got right and i think it's important not to rush it it is to get it done i think we've got char back now um ian marvelous so so char hopefully you you, you heard the other two guys your thoughts generally about the uh about the, uh, the the caution plan itself. Um, thank you so much. Actually, first of all, I would like to say this is a very big project, and I do take it like this. This is a development. Development is anything. Development means positive for the community, positive for the area. Um, the plan is very big. It's going to take time. And uh, I would say because the plan is very big, so we need to make the communication between the PCC, post City Council, and the community a bit uh, better. Better communication will give better result, and I think I'm waiting for that better and positive result. Hopefully, it will be better, but communication needs to be a bit better for the area with the community in Kasha. Okay. That's great. So, um, should we move on to the... So, what is... What is the idea? What is the what is the plan? If I can ask that first to Steve. What's so, as I, as I mentioned just now, the uh, the plan is around housing and other community assets and facilities that could be provided. Um, there's very recently been the party for Cosham, which was a big public consultation event. In fact, it was actually the biggest of the public consultation events of this type that we've had in terms of turnout. Um, and the, the council's uh, basically using. Uh, utilising the opportunity to put on a fun day to draw people in in order to be able to get them to 
engage with consultations. One of the problems that they can put as many consultations like as they like through people's doors and on uh, the council website and mention them in flagship. But actually, history tells us that that's a difficult way to get people engaged because it's not bringing the idea to life. Uh, so going out there, and we've done some very, very successful consultations with people in Somerstown over the plans of the redevelopment, Erasia and Leamington Houses. And it gives us an opportunity when people are out there having fun uh, to do a meet and greet and get them to complete the consultation documents to give us more feedback than we otherwise would have had. So the council's absolutely committed to making sure that this is co-design with the community and that the spaces that we bring forward are appropriate for the community and is led by what they want. You know, there's there's absolutely no point whatsoever in the council going in and saying we're going to provide this number of housing units and the housing mix is going to be this and we're going to put that there and that there if that's not what the community want the support. Getting community buy-in and um, basically getting the community cheerleading for each element of this as it develops is going to be really key. So I've been one of the consultees around, for example, what a future community space might look like. And I've fed in from, you know, my background and running a music venue myself to say we need flexibility and we need to make sure that any spaces we put in there are not too const uh, constrained around certain uses to mean that we can, you know, add cultural benefit into, into that community. That's just one of the things we need to do. Um, there's ongoing discussions of the Police and Crime Commissioner about how it may be necessary for the police to retain or desirable to for the police to retain a footprint within that area and what that may look like when we get there. What does the housing mix need to be? Shouldn't be all social housing, but equally, it definitely shouldn't all be private rented or private sale. We need that mix in there because mixed and balanced communities are absolutely key. And we also need to look at how all of that can help bring a larger community into living into the centre of Cosham in order to benefit those local shops and see re, not necessarily whole scale regeneration of that high street but certainly encouraging independent traders to be there and to thrive. So the opportunity is to refocus the heart of the Cosham community around the development that they actually want and support. Thank you Steve. Um, I'm, con I'm conscious that whether it's worth asking um, Lee and Shah to um, to add more to that, or whether that's best to pick up on the next question. Did you want to add anything more to that, or are you are you happy to? Oh yeah, I think it, it does affect things like the health centre is going to be moved um, to a new site um, just north of the new fire station on the Spur Road roundabout. Um, there's other developments as well as we mentioned about KG Five. There are concerns there. I'm pleased to hear Steve, Steve saying he's going to be taking on board what was being said because when it was first introduced, I know. Gerald was very much pushing saying there will be between 800 and 900 houses or properties, never houses. And then we are threatened with, oh, it could go up, um, could be a thousand. And Gerald actually did a statement in the news saying that oh, it could be a thousand properties, which I don't think it'd fit on that small site. I think we've been pushing probably much lower, around about 350 with parking. Now the plans come out at 750 plus another 550 over on the um from IBM site North Harbour. It's still a lot of properties going in, but as long as it's done properly, it's got amenities, we take into consideration that the um, um, sewage network is already overlaid and we've have regular flooding probably has been today at the bottom of Salisbury Road. Um, the pump across at the bottom of Court Lane has to service a whole area right across to Marriott um, Hotel. And so anything going in there will have a huge effect, plus taking away the soak away KG5, that will probably has effects as well. So it does have quite a few 
issues that sort of affect it. So, and uh, one thing I would like to have is um, Hugh Mason was good last year in full council when we asked him, given us commitment, that would have the new community centre built before the old ones knocked down. I'd love to be able to hear Steve say that again, because some of the officers have been a bit more reticent saying, oh, well, we might have to change it around and not happen. But I think that's one of the important things. I know with um, St Philip's um, Church Hall, when they were shut for a short period because of damage to their floor, they lost a lot of their users. I think the same thing would happen to the community centre if it was shut for a period of time. So if Steve is able to give us commitment that he is going to, um, new one will be built and open before the old one is demolished. That would be fantastic. Are we adopting a hustings environment this evening? No. Um, um, sorry if we if we didn't kind of um, cover it any any better, Lee. But um, the idea is that we ask some questions and we are inviting yeah. you all to have a have a discussion and, and share your views on that. When what we're what we're keen not to do is to try to put people on the spot and um, in the sense of getting them to commit to specific things we're, we're, we're what our aim today is to help our listeners understand what the, what the what's being suggested how that works what sort of what um what sort of things should be considered um and how how best to engage in in the local community in in order to do that because um you know we wouldn't we want can, to put any of our guests in a situation that's fine <laughs> Um, so uh, my apologies that we, if we hadn't explained that um, properly before, um, kind of lost my thread a little bit. But I think Shard, was there anything you wanted to come in on that one just before we move? Sorry, Lee, do we, um, Ian, sorry. Duly mm. noted. No worries. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. Actually, the plans are in a very early stages at the moment, and but it seems that the council has a rough idea on the amount of homes it wants to build. We just haven't seen any advanced plans yet. Um, as for um, King George playing field, the plans for a new pavilion and pitches are a welcome step, but will obviously take time to become a reality. Means things are there, but when we talk about the plan, what we are gonna have in Kaushim, this regeneration or uh, development, obviously that's gonna take time to come on on a piece of paper, this is where is going to go, what is going to go, the police station, obviously, the health centre, um, uh, community centre and parking, etc. All these things, we don't have anything at the moment uh, on the plan. So once the plan will be there, it will be available for the public and then obviously public or residents can uh, give their thoughts and can give their opinion what we need and what can we have. Perfect. Thank you, Charles. So obviously with the development of this magnitude, um, you know, it's extraordinarily complex. It is very sort of reassuring to to hear that the the police station now forms, you know, potentially part of that plan. So, you know, there is now a there is now a joined up tranche of land that sort of runs from the health centre through to the fire station, the community centre. So I guess when we're considering um what what might come with the new um, development? Can you just give us some insight into what residents or or those that have been in consultation with you are saying must be included, and what, from your perspective, would be the the sort of nice to haves? And can I can I offer that first, um, Lee? Like I said one of the must do's is the new community centre going first. Some people have said they'd quite like to see a community type restaurant in it or cafe but it's used by a lot of groups from 
uh, chess club, the gardening groups, and also the blood donors. So it's going, it's going through um, having that built before the old one is knocked down. Toilets are very important. Um, we've got the, apart from the ones at the back of um, Brewers in Drayton, we've got the only public toilets on the mainland, and they can get message. You see taxi drivers pulling over, you get buses detouring so the drivers can jump out. Um, and I think they're vital for the viability of the high street that the toilets again are built and well signposted because people can be, I know with my brother, his disability meant when he had to go, he had to go. And it does put people off if they can't. So that is one of the must-haves. Um, health centre accessibility, it, the plans look good initially. And I think parking is another one we already suffer in Albert Road, um, suffer in other areas. The Isle of Wight estate could become a complete and utter gridlock. So having adequate parking supplies for those flats that are built, I think is very important. Perfect. Thank you, Lee. So, Shah, can I ask you, you know, on your on your shopping list for, for what must be there and um, and what would be nice to have? Yeah, actually, I can I can share with you my residents uh, opinion. What do they say? Because I do go and knock these doors and ask them, what do you want to have this? And to be honest with you, I'm very happy to see the plan is there. The uh, development is coming and obviously it's going to take time. But so the um, the residents, what they say is we are having at the moment we, we don't have anything in place, but still we have parking issues in, in, in Kaushim. Either you go towards Wimbring, they, uh, they are having huge parking issues, especially opposite to Kiwi, um, Seven Oaks, etc. They are the most, um, is most of the cars, especially from the um, Kiwi, they do park their cars there, so they are having problem. And obviously with the passage of time, that parking, or that these cars will come towards main Kosham area, like having uh, the uh, Highbury uh, estate and obviously main Kosham. So that will be one thing which we need, or the council needs to look into how we can resolve the issue before we go for that plan for redevelopment. Uh, development. Um, we are also struggling at the moment in regards to the um, surgeries, doctor surgeries. So doctor surgeries is the most important one. And that's obviously the, the other important bit we need to look into. Uh, dentistry. Dentistry is also very important. And if you can see just recently, I did deliver that motion in regards to the dentistry. So because in the whole city as a whole city, but in Kaushim, we are struggling um, in regards to this uh, dentistry. Um, and the other, the um, high street, obviously, uh, we need to get more businesses there. Um, and uh, other infrastructure like either it is um, uh, roads safety, you take the road safety into account, which is very, very important, especially in around the town center, sorry, the uh, high street. Uh, last year, we lost one of our residents there in uh, Kosham High Streets. So um, road safety is paramount. And obviously, these are the things. There are so many things, but these are the main thing. The foundation is um, road safety, dentistry, uh, community center, um, and uh, police station. Obviously, yes, uh, that is of police station we had for a long time, but obviously that was only online. So we need presence of police as well in Kaushim, which we are uh, missing for a long time. 
Perfect. Thank you, Shah. And um, Steve, I guess as the uh, as the uh, incumbent administration at the moment, as, as well as as well as looking to delight the resident, current residents of Kosham, I guess there is a certain pressure on yourself in terms of we touched on uh, Tipna West last week. So th there are those housing targets. Um, so so in terms of what your shopping list is for this development, um, any other things well, to I, add? I think, to as I said earlier on, it's about co-design. Excuse me if my beast has suddenly started barking and you can hear him in the background. Um, I know you have that problem with these as well sometimes, Ian. Um, so it's about co-design and it's about working with, with the residents and also obviously the ward councillors because, you know, they represent that community uh, and they have those touchstones into those key issues. But I just do need to say one thing because every time there's a discussion around regeneration, people dump shopping lists on the table and they say, we want this, we want that, we want something else. We'd all like those things in, in the perfect world. But whilst the council and other public sector partners own these plots of lands, it is not within the gift of the council to say that we can make a doctor's surgery locate there. We cannot make a dentist surgery locate there. We cannot make there be a, have a police station. We can't make, uh, the, well, actually, as it turns out, we are having a fire station, but we couldn't force it to be. It's about partnership. So we have to work in partnership with those communities and any suggestion that the council can just go out and assemble all the things that everybody wants to have and make them happen on the site is frankly ludicrous and an impossibility. So we have to live with regeneration in a real world. It's the same as when people talk about the regeneration of commercial road and they want us to flatten it and build something spectacularly modern there. We don't own it. So that's an impossibility. You can't do that. You have to work with what you have. So in, with that backdrop, of course, all those things that both Lee and Shah are mentioning would ideally be contained within that new focused regeneration point between, um, well, basically north of KG5 and west of the high street. It's also got to connect to the high street and it's got to do it in a safe way that means that pedestrians, cyclists, scooterists, um, you can't put those back in a box. They're definitely out there and that's that's going to become a thing. So how mm. those things then interplay and make sure the road network's safe has to be part of how this is developed. But what we can't do is put a car park on it. And by that, I mean turning that plot into a giant car park in order to provide car parking spaces for the for the, for the community in Caution would be mad um, because we do have a housing target to meet. Yes, it's got to be done to make sure that it's got good access to public transport it's right near a train station it's on a bus route the bus connectivity is going to improve through the cert scheme but if you look at what's being proposed for the city center north development it's certainly not one parking space per housing unit or anywhere close to it and i would be absolutely lying to you to say that we would be able to get to that kind of number what we do have to do is meet government housing target because we were told a couple of days ago by the former prime minister um, that he was going to look to remove top-down housing targets. I can't tell you as of today what the next prime minister, as of next, this later this week, is going to say about the same thing. And a lot of that uncertainty is part of the problem here. The uncertainty about interest rates, the uncertainty about um, the cost of building materials, the uncertainty around the, the wider economy means that actually for me to sit here tonight and say we're going to do X, Y and Z would be just silly. 
Um, and if for any politician to sit in this seat anywhere in the country tonight and talk about redevelopment in terms of we're definitely going to do this, this and this, would it be equally as silly? What we have to do is work together across community with the ward councillors and with all those other public sector partners to make sure that as the situation evolves over the next period, taking that information from the public consultation that's recently occurred, we haven't actually processed it yet, but once we do, it'll be obviously fed back to the community and to the ward councillors so that we can start to understand what those key things that they need the wish list stuff looks like a community center has to be at the heart of it i absolutely agree with the councillors that must be a key space but for me to say today that we're going to retain the existing community center until we build the new one actually that would be disingenuous because the community might come back with a request that means that their preferred design of that and size of it means that it fits better on the plot that it's on now i'd like to think not because i agree with lee actually that it's always better to be able to take you know put something new in and migrate across to it but i can't prejudge anything until we've completed these rounds of consultation and worked out what fits best and where and gone back to the community and said this is what you told us we've looked at this we've consulted with your ward councillors and this is what we're feeding back to you about what you said because that's how consultation should work brilliant thank you steve so charlie anything you'd like to add or come back on on those points um, yeah, just just actually a couple of things I wanted to add. The other thing, which <clears throat> transportation, uh, I think in the north of the city, uh, not only Kaushim, in the north of the city, we uh, do not have any provision for uh, bikes. So you can see the tracks, the more tracks you have, the better provision you have for bikes. Obviously, people will use bikes. So when we talk about car parking, car parking, obviously, the whole city is struggling, not only Kaushim. But when you look into Kaushim specifically, we are struggling already uh, having no extra um, development and we are struggling already. So that needs to be sorted and public transportation needs to be sorted as well. To give you an example, we have a bus in Highbury Estate. It takes about one hour. So how can you stay there? There is no seating, etc to wait for the bus to come. So that needs to be looked into before we put anything in place. Thank you, Shah. Lee? Yeah, I think there's a few issues. I'm, we have mentioned industry, but I know the City Council has been very good, and I'll give credit to the administration here in applying to the government for funding for extra appointments, and the government have been very good in giving it. So I think that's congratulations to the government and to the Council administration. I think it's a few times you'll get something nice from me, Steve. But they've done well on that, and that is a positive. I'm used to it, Lee. <laughs> um, so we are moving in the right direction. I think on whole, people do want to things to improve, but it's improving in the right way. The people who designed Port Sam Park, um, which was only 520 properties across, or dwellings across um, 17.5 acres, they thought they were doing a great service to the city. It was only up 15 years, slightly less than that. And it was an absolute catastrophe. So we have to make sure that where we do go forward, it is in the best interest. I know the Police and Crime Commission has talked at length with me about her and she does want to see community policing back, but she does want to see an office on that site and she does want to retain part of it for that. So hopefully that does go forward. Um, but it's also, like I said, the sewage strain. We have the great stink at the end of the high breeze coming from Court Lane where they're having to use the tanks more to pump out. We're having the same stink on the bottom of Court Lane, having the tankers there. It's there needs to be a long-term solutions for that, and this will put more pressure on it. So it's all things we have to take into consideration. So yes, development's good, but it needs to be thought out development. 
I guess there's a I guess there's a difference there, isn't there? You 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 reference Portsdown Park. I guess there's a difference between visionary and fantasy, and I guess that's why these things take time. Is 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 that really the the case, um, Steve? Is that kind of because there are so many moving parts? People kind of want to know what's happening well, now, it, but actually a lot of this is unwritten. And as yeah. Shah keeps saying, we're very, very early days in the planning, aren't we? So, yeah, I mean, as a, to use a parallel example, with the with the Bransbury Leisure Centre, for example, people were saying, "Well, we need to know what it looks like. We need to know what's going to be in it. We need to know how big it is. We need to know how the pool is." And then there's another group of people saying the council would just present this as a done deal and build it. Well, you can't have both of those things. <laughs> so you have to have the consultation to understand what the community want and then go away and just and come back with how that all fits together and then talk to the community. That That's just essential if you're going to do consultation the right way around. And I think Lee's is, um, mention of Portsdown Park is interesting because I've been using the same analogy recently when conversations being talking about Titna West. A lot of this stuff is around the, the local plan and what it is possible to develop in terms of housing numbers but let's be, get let's get real every local authority in the country has a, at the moment a top-down housing target which puts a figure that says x council will build this number of homes within the next plan period the reality is that barely a council in the entire country ever actually builds that number of houses invariably the local plan will not necessarily identify the number of uh, potential units in the first place and i think that's what we'll see happen in portsmouth when we go through the regulation 19 process and then after the event although a site is seen to be able to accommodate a certain number of units the reality is that very rarely are that many units built on it a lot of this is about policy development it's just the inevitability of a process and i know from the public perspective they get horrified as do i by those headline figures 17,701 units in portsmouth over the next 15 16 years it's it's crazy it's you know we all know it's not going to happen but the numbers are you know they scare people and quite rightly so so if you look at Tipner West, for example, if you put 1,250 houses on that site, which is what currently um, is the, the minimum in order to meet that um, city deal agreement that we did uh, back in 2014, that would be an overdense and unattractive development in my view, which is why the principles that were established at full council enabled that to be looked at a bit more in the round and a bit more realistically to see what actually want it can be built there as a community people want to live in and it's exactly the same for Cosham to build a community just to cram in those housing units regardless of what the residents think regardless of what the councillors think would be crazy nobody would want to do that so it is about making sure that the consultation is real that it is actually fed back and it is about identifying what the opportunities are in terms of the local plan for that housing number, but not being scared by it or tied to it in terms of what in three, four, five, as Charles said, this is going to take time. What happens and how this evolves over that period will almost certainly see the numbers change several times. It will almost certainly see some public sector partners come to the table with what they want to do on the site and then move away again and change their priorities because the funding environment that we all live within is changing literally at the moment every day. So it will take time. But we do want to keep talking to the community. I think it'll be quite interesting. I'm really interested to see what the community feedback has been from that latest consultation. I'm looking forward to sitting down with the ward councillors and looking at it. And I think if we make this, to some extent, fun 
it should be fun for the community to think about the art of the possible where they live and by working together and having that conversation in an adult way i think we can actually come up with something that people get excited by Thank you, Steve. So I was just going to um, mention that we've got some some comments here, and I just um, mentioned those. So we've got Sarah um, already referring to um, the questions around car parking uh, and about parking or um, already being uh, being a development, and n um, she hasn't heard anything more other than the, the proposed move of the the fire station. Um, we've also got Lee talking about um, uh, about the um, about the housing targets and how they relate to actually the the amount of uh, the amount of parking we've got andy talking again raising the issue about primary health provision uh being an absolute must um especially for people with uh, acute health issues and it being uh, really difficult to get a doctor's appointment and, and i know that we've we've spoken to that um and cheryl's saying um again with the question about schooling so all of these things as you say is that whole kind of infrastructure catch-22 isn't it of if there are more how if there are more homes uh, and more families, uh, more people, then um, there are obviously greater pressures on on um, other services. Um, Cheryl goes on to mention about um, um, uh, about the push for more sustainable transport um, and a um, and a concern about the um, about the Hillsy about Hillsy roundabout. Um, I'll give you a um, bit of a chance to kind of come back on that. Um, Lee, did you have something you wanted to say about that one? Yeah, I'll start with the roundabout first. The design for the Portsbridge roundabout, it is being changed how I put lights in. The lights are supposed to be able to get traffic moving more and get more traffic through, which will make it easier. It's not designed to try and make it more difficult. It is designed to get it moving. I know myself, Hannah and Matt had a lot to do with trying to get different bits changed, trying to get bits improved, trying to have the nib come taken away as you come out of the Highbury estate. We're also very keen that people do get stuck coming out of the Highbury estate and do get stuck trying to get on the roundabout. So the new system and lights, buses will not need to have the separate lane on the roundabout. They will be allowed on and choose which lane they like. So we will end up with two lanes going directly across the roundabout and the far side into Portsmouth. So having to double the number of lanes should actually improve it. So the actual design ideas, and we, we did work hard, and I know the three of us were very much involved with the planners trying to get little bits here and there changed. It should make it better. A lot of the flats at the moment in the high street do have parking. Um, when we had six ports on the road built, they were told that they were all going to be um, using sustainable transport, but we've seen that hasn't. People, they park in Nosley Road, they park in surrounding areas, and it has caused problems. There are pressures on our healthcare, but with the new healthcare building, that current one has got issues that can't be all used because of asbestos, other problems within the build. Um, so the new one should be fully up to date and for use so whilst it's moving it should actually give more provision i'm with caution park house and i know how hard it is to get an appointment pretty much impossible to get an appointment these days um that is one of the problems that there will be for residents and that needs to be thought about and hopefully our healthcare providers and doctor surgeries will be looking into that and um schooling as well is an issue but with the new trafalgar school um which Initially, it's in Hillsey, but it's a walk away. So I know a lot of um, residents from the uh, Cosham do go across there and they've like the provision it's giving. So there are problems, but there are solutions as well if we work towards them. Okay, um, thanks, Lee. And I think that also kind of um, covers what, what was our, which was going to be our next question, which was what are the impacts of this kind of on the high street? Um, so I'm going to go to the other, I'm going yep. to go to the others. 
um, just on those points, just if they had anything quickly to contribute on those before kind of just covering that quickly, if that's if that's all right. So sorry, that's kind of thrown us a little bit off of off of track a, a tad. Sorry, Ian. Um, so um, Shah, did you have anything more to say on that? On based on what the um, what we were saying about the comments? Obviously, um, <laughs> about the roundabout, just uh, Lee mentioned about that one. I think that needs to be. Uh, sorted as well because um, within especially Highbury Estate we do have a very long queue in the morning and then coming back the same so that needs to be looked into and the other thing which I wanted to add was about the school uh, obviously the, the catchment area we do have the school but obviously that the school won't be enough for uh, the residents in Kausham area so that needs to be looked into as well and the parking again I would say that is uh, if we can uh, have, obviously, we will have these uh, housing, but obviously uh, housing, we need to sort out uh, the parking issue for the new development, plus um, uh, uh, about the um, uh, the schools that needs to be sort out as well. Um, and some, obviously, there were comments, obviously, those who are using cars, they can't just give um, uh, they can't just stop their car then they can take their bikes yes that is right so parking issue and obviously the but we need to do something about the bike the bikes and obviously the um, their tracks and um, also the new development if we can do the developments without uh, giving them any um, option to have their parking so that can make it a little bit better for the residents who are already in the area Perfect. So as we start to talk about the, this development, uh, again, if I'm being candid with you, I'm, I'm excited and nervous in equal measure as somebody who for the best part of 10 years had the ill-fated Gosport light railway scheduled to come through their front room that never materialised. I guess the key question here is, is you know, that there appears to be general cross-party positivity about developing Cosham, but there's also a a sort of nervousness and trepidation about what that might mean. So I guess the question, key questions for me are, are, are kind of what are the next steps, and and perhaps as importantly is is what what are the broad timelines, um, and finally I, I guess the, the a slightly cynical question, which is is there a risk in ten years time when we're all slightly older and greyer that we'll still be talking about the potential Cosham development that's still five years away. Can I throw that to Steve first? You can, Ian, and the answer is I don't know, because <laughs> nobody knows. Uh, and I'll tell you why. There's a key piece of this jigsaw puzzle that uh, does worry me, and that is the health centre. Because we know that the NHS Property Co, that's not the NHS, that's the property company that manages property for the National Health Service, yep. has made some very strange decisions previously when it's entered into one public estate discussions with the council. Um, and I don't think they necessarily played by the spirit, shall we say, of what those uh, discussions are supposed to be. So I point you towards St. James's, where they were adamant that they had to go out for the maximum financial return for the St. James's site. And in doing so, they've actually ended up wasting millions of pounds on security and delaying the whole thing to the point where they'd have been better off if they'd taken the council's offer in the first place. And the maths simply add up in that direction. So what we don't want, 
Um, and I know I'm not the only one of the public sector partners who feels this because I've had discussions with some of the others, uh, is for the um, health centre to become the stumbling block, the sticking bit, because mm. it's such a key site on this location. And we need that proper one public estate openness and partnership decision from them to say that they will uh, behave appropriately towards the other partners. I just don't know at this stage whether that will happen. Um, but I think it's probably one of the reasons why the Police and Crime Commissioner has wanted to retain an option on the police station site. And I absolutely appreciate why she would, um, because that lack of certainty around how that conversation moves forward uh, it makes us all slightly concerned. However, we do have this opportunity to explore it and we should be exploring it. We should be ambitious and trying to make sure that we do everything we possibly can to bring the whole of that site forward because it is a unique opportunity. As Lee said quite rightly earlier on, it's a once in a generation opportunity to have those sites considered on the, on a whole and in a, to enable us to look at this in a joined up way. So what's next is the uh we need to get the public uh, feedback that we've had from the party uh Kosham and other online surveys uh completers that have happened uh and review that go back to the ward councillors with it have that uh next stage of consultation feed that back to the public and say this is what you said give them further opportunities to engage to make sure uh, that they are happy with that and that we've captured everyone's views. Uh, a couple of things in the chat. No, there's been no planning application put in. That would be completely inappropriate because it hasn't yet been worked, back, worked, up, worked up with the community or the ward councillors. Uh, and another really interesting comment in there, if it's okay to quickly address, uh, around will it include trees and greening uh, because of the impact around air quality and drainage, etc., in the area? Absolutely, that's a key part to it. I mean, one of the things we, we haven't really touched on, but I would like to... Uh, stress in this post covid a lot more people are working from home more of the time people are coming back to the office and i'll see i think we'll see a lot of that over the winter with energy costs etc but people are using that flexible work environment where they can so that means that you want people to be able to work from home but not be stuck at home mm. So if they can come out during the day and go and buy lunch in a you know local independent restaurant or sandwich bar or spend some money in a local shop, but also enjoy just being in their community by enjoying outside space, that needs to be attractive public realm. So it needs to be trees, it needs to be you know lawned areas, but possibly water features, those sorts of things that make the environment somewhere that people want to actually be in, not just endless you know. Inter interlocking housing developments with uh, scant public realm in between them. And if you look at what we're trying to achieve with Horatia and Leamington, um, if you look at the um, the theory behind Tipner West, maybe not the practice with the land reclamation, etc., but the theory behind creating communities where people want to be, that should underpin anything that the council's doing. Because going back to Lee's earlier analogy, building ports down parks can't be the future we have to create sustainable communities that are well connected, where people actually want to live, they want to uh, play and they want to visit. And by visit, I mean having attractions within those communities for people's leisure time, such as community centres, performance spaces, etc. All of it connected to the local shopping. So that's where I want us to end up. And I think the next stage is in developing that conversation once we process the feedback we've had so far. Perfect. Thank you, Steve. So, Lee, any thoughts to add on that in terms of timelines and hopes, aspirations? Our first hope is that we've offered more than a pound for the actual health centre site. I think that was one of the stumbling blocks with some changes. But that was that was the uh, right 
that was the right price, Foley. I, I thought we weren't doing the uh, hustings interrupting. Oh, yeah, I must have been confused okay. there. <laughs> you brought it up. Oh, yeah. Uh, Gents, I, Gents I, I, don't, don't make me step in. When they the um, stamp costs the... more than the actual offer, it's a bad sign. So I think that has also created bad faith between the council and NHS Co. Property Co. Um, we're talking about the timelines. The KG5 went through planning, or the football site there went through planning back in February, and it went out to tender. So hopefully we will have an update at some point. I haven't been given one, but I've been slightly more cautious about it, having seen the um, equivalent site in Sonam Lane and Southampton. And it's great for Portsmouth, but not necessarily great for residents of Cotton Roof, the loss of the open space in the sick way. The roundabout is supposed to be having worked on in it pretty much as soon as the um, Redmore roundabout is finished. Hopefully it goes better than the Redmore one has. And I think the rest of it is probably the next five to ten years. I will say, though, 20 years ago, when I was first elected, we were talk people were talking about the fire station moving then. So I don't always have faith that when I get told something will happen, it will happen. But eventually we will move forward and we have prime sites there and it's about getting a new life into Cosham without destroying people's lives who already live there. We have Gem of the Cosham Park. It is a really nice, well-kept area. We've um, we've had rubbing posts put in there. We often go in there, see families enjoying it, the tennis courts. We've, myself, Hannah and Matt also got um, exercise equipment put in. And I think the high street is one of the nicer high streets in the city. It is nice. There's a lot of stuff you can do there. And it's not all coffee shops yet, so it has got an ability to go and buy either a screw or a plate or other bits that you want in life, not just a coffee. So, um, but I think it's a watchless site. It will be progressing forward. Um, hopefully, downturn of economy won't have too much of an effect on it, but we will still need housing. So, fingers crossed. And finally, uh, last by no means least, share your thoughts on uh, on timelines and hopes. Um, actually, again, I would say um, I will go back to my first point, which I made is number one, nothing is at the moment on paper to see what is going to happen, what we are going to have where. So first of all, let these these developments come on the paper. When we got it on the paper, residents asking me what we are going to have where. I don't know. So we need to have these things on the piece of paper first. And then we can think about what we have, where we want to have. And obviously the time that will be also uh, crucial as well. So obviously the time period, how much time is going to take. And obviously the more time it takes, it won't be good because the cost will go up and obviously it's costing the uh, uh, post city council more, etc. means us, it will cost us. So obviously there will be a time, there will be a time limit and there should be a time limit, how much time is going to take. And the less time it takes, the better we are. But communication before the plan. When we got the plan, then we can we can we can talk about the plan, what we are going to have, and what we can have. But to be honest with you, there is nothing we can see what is going to go where, with developments we are going to have. So we are only assuming what is going to happen. Okay. So in terms of just a quick supplementary question, because we we planned to touch on it in one of the earlier questions and skipped over it. Um, we've talked about the King George V playing fields and um, November the 2nd. So I think sometimes many people make an annual pilgrimage there for the uh, for the fireworks. And obviously uh, we, we had we had a. Uh, 
sort of music festivals there for a couple of years pre-pandemic. Um, the football pitches are there, but uh, as Simon touched on in the intro, unfortunately, the pavilion had been destroyed by fire many years ago. Is that a piece of work that can and perhaps should um, be able to advance ahead of some of the other developments? I'll throw that first to you, Steve, if that's all right. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, it's not linked intrinsically. It's linked in an informative way in that, it, you know, we need to make sure all this fits together. Mm. Um, but we're just going through yet another price review because, as you'll know, raw material costs uh, by the sort of early part of this year have risen by over 20 cents Yep. EU. Um, that's just what happened, you know, whether you like Brexit or not, it's a statement of fact, and it's affecting every single bill project in this country. I think probably worth saying that the is on being party political because the Conservative chair of the local government association has raised it repeatedly in his weekly briefings with all councillors across the country and with ministers. It's threatening thousands of council uh, building projects across England, Scotland and Wales. So really not very helpful, uh, and we, but we are where we are. Um, but KG5 uh, is pretty much there. Um, it's almost certainly going to need a small extra contribution from the council, and it's probably going to need a little bit more money from funding partners as well, because that's happening with every single pro infrastructure project across the whole country right now. Uh, and headline rates of inflation of 10% aren't helpful either when the economy's been crashed by its own prime minister last month. But the... In terms of getting on with it, we want to. Most of the money's there. It's worth saying, actually, four million pounds of that money coming in from the Football Foundation, a million coming in from the Leveling Up Fund, was a government initiative. We don't know if it still is, um, but it certainly was a government initiative and very welcome to. And then the council, instead of, um, I remember being harangued in full council meetings. Why aren't you repairing the pavilion? You've got the insurance money. Why aren't you repairing the pavilion? Because we held on to the money to leverage in the match funding, which we did and which we said we would do. And now that's enabled this huge extra investment to come into the area, providing all weather pitches to, to in particular to develop active and be diverted away from antisocial behaviour, which is what everybody wants. They want young people to be producing and productive in engaging things. And that means community space in Cosham, but it also very much means living in active lives and engaging in football on that site. A new hub and pavilion to give a not just the opportunity to get changed, but also to in interact and, and provide other activities. So it is going ahead. Um, we've got fireworks going ahead as normal this year. Um, but then we're hoping to be building next year on, on the Cosham site. Planning permission is granted. We're just uh, tightening up on those figures now, as I said, um, trying to uh, make sure we've got the best value engineering that we can out of it and that we haven't, we're not spending money we should be spending in order to get a really great result for people in the North of the Sea. Perfect. Simon, close us out. So, obviously, we've had lots of lovely engagement um, in the comments. So thank you very much, uh, viewers and listeners, uh, for contributing in there. And thank you all for uh, responding um, so um, so well to, to all of those questions. So if, if people have views on this that they do want to actually share and want to be part of the um, consideration, um, is can they still get involved? Can they still share them with the council? And if so, how? Um, Steve, I think you're probably best put to... Um, so the, the current round of consultation has just finished mm -hmm. it would have been a bit more of a gap had we had, had the um, sad death of her majesty which meant that the caution party could move um, 
So it's just just concluded now. I'll check the council's website earlier on to be sure, and it, and this round has closed. So the next phase will be reporting back on that, and then going into further consultation just to make sure we haven't missed anything around that. Um, there's no blinding hurry to go and put things on paper, Charles. Sorry, but putting things on paper before we know what everybody wants would be exactly the wrong thing to do. So we won't be doing that. Uh, but we will be coming, going back to people, telling them what they said, and also we'll be able to map that in a way that shows what the main themes were and what the priorities of the community and indeed the local councillors were. So that will be the next stage, and we'll be asking people to feedback again on that. So um, we're not ready to need to rush it because the health centre need to make the decision about when they're going to move, and they haven't actually made it yet. So no, Lee, we haven't found because actually it's not on the table at this point to actually make an offer it's not up for sale as such so and they haven't yet told us when it will be so we can't rush there's no point in doing that we've got a window of opportunity to get these plans right and that's what we'll be doing okay so if the consultations just closed obviously as local councillors uh Shah and lee you've you've got your ear to the ground um if people have got any questions or um thoughts on it are they um yeah. obviously yeah. Are they, are it's something that the people do talk yourself? to us about on the doorstep it's something that we do get emails about, something we do get letters about. So it is a forefront of people's minds. When you go along to events, people are always asking for what an update is. So I think residents do need to continue to keep us informed and we'll do our best to keep them informed of what we hear and when we hear it. Okay, that's great. I'll share a link to the contacts details from the council's webpage in the, in the comments in, in a moment. Perfect. So thank you to everybody. You've been listening to the Pompey Politics Podcast. I've been Ian Tiny Morris and our guests have been... Oh, sorry, Steve. I forgot that bit. <laughs> Councillor Steve Pitt. Sean. Yes, for sure. Councillor um, for Caution. And Lee. Councillor Lee Mason, also Councillor for Caution. And um, it wouldn't be a show without um, a cat in the in the live stream um and i've been simon sansbury um and just to let you know that although we won't have a show next sunday uh we are needed to take the night off um because of a um a commitment um but we are sorting out um an emergency podcast tomorrow night because there's something going on but i don't know if anybody's heard about anything yep. but there's something going on in westminster Absolutely. So yeah, the, the, watch, watch all of our social media feeds to see when and where that is and watch Simon dance about and gloat in delight whilst I desperately try and defend myself. It'll be fun for all the family. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Pompey Politics Podcast. If you want to make sure you get notifications about upcoming shows, and get to know when we're live. We normally broadcast live 6.27pm on a Sunday evening. Then follow us on Facebook at Pompey Politics Podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at Pompey Politics One. Please, if you'd like to, feel free to leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And you can even ask Alexa to play the podcast for you. Alexa, play the latest episode of the Pompey Politics Podcast. Getting Pompey Politics Podcast from Amazon Music. Alexa, the latest episode. stop. See? It's easy. <laughs>